0: The kitchen is best in the morning. All the stainless glimmers. Steel pots and pans sit neatly in their places, split evenly between stations. Small wares are filed away in Bains Marie and bus tubs, stacked on metro racks and families. Pepper mills with pepper mills, ring molds with ring molds, and so forth. Columns of buffed white china run the length of the pass on shelves beneath the shiny tabletop. The floors are mopped and dry... The black carpet runners are swept and washed and realigned at right angles. Most of the equipment is turned off, most significantly, the intake hoods. Without the clamor of the hoods, quietude swathes the place. The only sounds are the hum of refrigeration, the purr of proofing boxes, the occasional burble of a thermal immersion circulator. The low boys and fridge tops are spotless, sterile, rid of the remnants of their tenants. The garbage cans are empty. There's not a crumb anywhere. It smells of nothing. The place might even seem abandoned if it weren't for today's prep lists dangling from the ticket racks above each station, scrawled agendas on POS strips and dupe pad shits which the cooks put together at the end of every dinner service. They're the relics of mayhem, wraiths of the heat. And showing us how much everyone needs to get done today... They give us a sense of what happened in here last night. The lists are long. It was busy. The handwriting is urgent, angry, exhausted. But now... everything is still. On Fridays, you get in about 0900. As you make your way through the service entrance, a cool bar of sunlight shines in from the loading dock, lighting your way down the back corridor toward the kitchen. Deliveries have begun to arrive, Basswood crates of produce lie in heaps about the entryway. A film of soil still coats the vegetables. They smell of earth. Fifty-pound bags of granulated sugar and Caputo 00 flour balance precariously on milk crates. Vacuum-packed slabs of meat bulge out of busted cardboard. You nose around in search of a certain box. In it, you find what you desire. Sicilian pistachios, argan oil, Pedro Jimenez vinegar... Brinata cheese. These are the samples you requested from the dry goods purveyor. You take hold of the box, tiptoe past the rest of the deliveries, and head to the office. The office is a place of refuge, a nest. The lights are always dim inside. It is small, seven by ten feet maybe, but it's never stiflingly hot like the rest of the kitchen. A dusty computer, its companion printer and a telephone occupy most of the narrow desk space, while office supplies, post-it notes, and crusty sheaves of invoice paper take up the rest. Below the desk is a compact refrigerator designated for chef use only. It holds safe the chef's supply of expensive perishables, rare cheese, white truffles, Ocetra caviar, Batarga, fine wine, sparkling water, snacks. Sometimes there'll be beers in there, in such cases, there will also be a cold cache of Gatorade or Pedialyte for re-upping electrolytes. Alongside the refrigerator is the all-purpose drawer, which contains pens and scratch pads, first-aid kits, burn spray, ibuprofen, pink bismuth, and deodorant, as well as a generous supply of baby powder and diaper rash ointment, which help keep the chafing at bay and stave off the tinea. At the edge of the desk is the closet overstuffed with chef whites, black slacks, aprons, clogs, and knife kits. Shelves of cookbooks adorn the wall's highest reaches, and below them hangs a mosaic of clipboards fitted with inventory sheets, order guides, banquet event orders, and standard operating procedures. One of the clipboards, the one with your name on it, holds a near infinity of papers. On each sheet is a list of things to do, things to order. Things to burn out, people to call, emails to send, menus to study, menus to proofread, menus to write, menus to invent. You try not to look at your clipboard first thing in the morning.